0: The third verse of Shikshastika is the pathway by which we gain true entrance into the practice of devotional service. So I'll read a little something from uh, uh, Swami Triparari's book on Shikshastika, which is quite interesting in regards to this verse. Again, remember this is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so he's he's giving us the as the embodiment of dodi. He's bringing out the true essence of uh, our devotional practice. Singing Krishna's name with this humble mentality, although essential for one in pursuit of prema, is no small accomplishment. As we have seen, one experiences this kind of chanting after attaining. Nista Bhajana Kriya, the short-term goal on the long and sometimes winding road homeward. Everybody familiar with the t- terms? Nista, Nista means
1: steadiness.
0: steadiness. Bhajana Kriya, the
1: engagement, in the, engagement,
0: in engagement in the practices of devotional service. This verse is, the third verse of Sixostika. it's being pointed out here that this full embodiment of humility is available at the stage of nista, nista, bhajana kriya, steadiness in our bhajana, steadiness in our chanting, steadiness in our reading, steadiness in our association with devotees, steadiness in in our following of regulative life, uh, steadiness in controlling the mind and the senses. All these are the constituents of nista-bhajana-kriya. Bhajana-kriya is the practice of sadhana-bhakti, the practice of devotional service. Attaining this level of humility comes by this practice at the platform of steadiness.
1: Studying this
0: uh, after Anartha. After Anartha Nivriti, yes. So basically the first two verses of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu's Siksastika covered the the first elements of devotion. Atashradha, Tatas Sadu, Shraddha, little faith, sadhu, association with sadhus, Bajana Kriya, following the direction of the spiritual master, the greatest sadhu in our life, or sadhus. We have many spiritual masters. And anartha nivritti. By following that bhajana kriya, the heart begins to cleanse. It's not at the platform of nista that the heart is completely cleansed. There may still be some, some anartha there. Nasta priyeshu nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavachuttama ke bhaktir bhavati Okay. There still may be some little tinge of anartha, but that doesn't—that doesn't mean that we're not qualified to pla- to practice on the steady platform. It just means there's some residue, almost cleansed. There's still a little bit.
1: So is this? Uh my understanding is that even if there is something, some residue in our heart of this unwanted habits, or you know, they don't distract us from our devotional service. That's right. Yes, and you're right. You know, that mm, we are steady in our practice, and even if something appears in our mind or some desires come, you know,
0: or even if there's some temporary fall down, yeah, it, it doesn't. It interfere. doesn't interfere with our determination to move forward in the path of bhakti. Yes, sir. Very good. From this point on, the road is straight but not narrow. Okay, from this point of nista Bhajana Kriya. It is broad and spacious as rules become realizations and black and white turns to many shades of gray. This stage brings the heart of tender faith into harmony with the intellect. Thus one's faith becomes well thought out and more because this exercise fosters intensified sadhana It results in inner certainty, firm faith derived from knowing beyond thinking. Furthermore, this spiritual confidence is followed by ever-increasing humility, as the sadhika is humbled by the depth of the subject being explored. He or she now knows that all are students forever in this field. A field of knowing in which the knowledge itself has its own agenda that includes us. Suddenly, the subject, the self, to, begins to perceive itself as an object in the hands of Krishna nama, and the world viewed previously through the limitations of the mind, mind expressing its own life backed by the will of God. I'm going to read one other thing. Uh, These explanations are are basically a synthesis of of, uh, Bhaktivedanta's teachings and Swami Tripurari's realizations of the verses. Very nice. In concluding our discussion, he's concluding his discussion, there's in between here, but we'll just jump to the heart of the matter. In concluding our discussion, it must be emphasized that this third verse of Siksastika is about eligibility for attaining prema. While initial eligibility for treading the path of Krishna Bhakti involves only faith, because this verse is about firm faith, nista, it speaks of further eligibility in the form of appropriate decorum and disposition. This further eligibility is in contrast to the word durdaivam. Remember last week? What was durdaivam?
1: It doesn't work
0: for me. It's not working for me. So this is speaking beyond that. This further eligibility is in contrast with the word durdaivam in the previous verse which indicates that one at the stage before nista has still has misbehavior based on false values that's all anarthas are the narthas are simply the fact that we don't know where the true enjoyment is that's all it boils down to we think there's enjoyment somewhere else that than with krishna somewhere else than enchanting, somewhere else than the association of devotees, in taking prasadam and having festivals for Krishna, in seeing the deity, dressing the deity, bathing the deity. We think there's some pleasure somewhere else. And unfortunately there isn't in the material world. Among all types of anarthas arising from this misbehavior, offenses to Krishna Nama are the most damaging. Lakor like Bhaktivinoda writes in the eighth stanza of his poem, Saranagati, My Dordaiva, misbehavior, is the ten offenses. Fortunately, these sins of the soul can be remedied by the attentive chanting that occurs at the stage of Nista. Kirtaniya Sadahari, which cleanses one's path to prema. Any questions? It's such an important verse. Trinada Pi Suniche Na. That Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami has explained that when we're chanting, we should wear this verse around our necks like a garland. Trinada Pi Suniche Na. Suhisuna. Amanena Manadena Kirtaniya Siddhahari. There's much more I want to go into, but. Uh, We'll hold that for next week, specifically in regards to the analogies that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is using in this verse. So, Bhagavad Gita, we're going to talk about secrets tonight, secret things. Let's let's go to text 65. Manmana Bhavamadbhakto, Madjimamnamasguru, Mami Bayasi te Pratijani Priosi Me. Always think of me and become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. Uhana Trimananda Sha Janajana Salakaya. Militanyena Tasmai, Shri Gurave Namaha. was born in the darkness of ignorance.
1: <clears throat>
0: but my spiritual master has offered opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. So we left off last week. Krishna is now concluding. he's coming to the conclusion of his, his instructions to uh, Arjuna. So I want to step back a couple verses and where we left off last week. So in text 60, Krishna says to Arjuna, Under illusion, you are now declining to act according to my direction. But compelled by the work born of your own nature, you will act all the same, O son of Kunti. So again, this whole discussion has been there because of Arjuna's weakness of heart. Uh, his inability to simply take Lord Krishna's good instruction and engage in the battle for the... Well, for what? It doesn't really... that That's of no real significance here. The text of Bhagavad Gita is a text regarding... Rekindling our loving relationship with the Supreme Lord. That's the whole thrust of Bhagavad Gita. So, no matter what the premise is to bring us to that stage, and we see throughout the Vedic literature that there are so many situations that Krishna's devotees are put in in order to bring them to the stage of self realization and bring them through the stage of self-realization to understanding the goal of self-realization which is a softening of the heart so that we can again love the Supreme Lord unconditionally. But this this is Arjuna's situation. Bhagavad Gita is addressing Arjuna's weakness of heart. But the nature of our weakness of heart, whatever it may be, is not the significant point of Bhagavad Gita. The point of Bhagavad Gita is to bring us to the point of loving Krishna unconditionally. So Arjuna's particular weakness of heart was brought about on a battlefield. So in this verse, Krishna is saying, under illusion, you don't want to follow me. You don't want to follow me. Whatever the reason may be, Arjuna had his reasons. We all, have, we all have our reasons, don't we? Whatever our reason may be, we have a reason why we're not cent percent Krishna conscious. Something is keeping us from that pure platform of devotional service so Arjuna had his weakness of heart and in order to justify his weakness of heart he had all kinds of excuses last week we touched upon some of those excuses I don't want to kill my teachers what about the women in society about these are all my family members on both sides, there's going to be so much loss of life. He had many excuses. Some were even quite quite good, weren't they? They were even they were, you know, there and they were based on religious principles. You don't kill your guru. That's a religious principle. You don't leave women unprotected in society. That's a religious principle so he had his religious principles and we'll see what christians going to bring him to in regards to those religious principles or bring us to in whatever in whatever weakness of heart that we're using to justify not coming to the platform of full surrender so first thing i've i've given you my instructions and then in the next two verses Krishna gives a little bit of knowledge to Arjuna in order to break down his reluctancy, his defenses. What's he telling? The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart. Svara Sarabhubhutanam. Purdisir Junatisthati. Ramayan Bhutani Yantra Rudrani Yaya, O oh, Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart. He's directing the wanderings of all living entities. What's he saying to Arjuna here? He's saying whatever your inspiration is I'm even giving you that. Your reluctance is coming from me. I'm seated in your heart. I'm fulfilling your desire. I'm giving you your justifications. See that I pervade and permeate everything. This whole material creation is coming from me. And everything that you think is independent of me is also done under my direction. I'm everywhere. I am the super soul. I am seated in your heart. Earlier, what did Krishna say in this regard? Sarvasya chaham ridhi sani vistho. I am seated in everyone's heart for me comes remembrance knowledge and forgetfulness all the Vedas by all the Vedic knowledge you can know me I'm the, I am not I am both the source of this knowledge and the goal of it uh, well, I'm not sure why why
1: am they saying is seated on a machine.
0: Why would he say that to Arjuna? I don't
1: know.
0: Because of what? Ahankara. What is our disease in material life? False
1: ego. Is
0: that what mm.
1: Separation. Uh-huh.
0: Sense of i Sense of thisness. I am the machine.
1: The machine of the material body.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. So he's telling Arjuna, really your position here has nothing to do with your true self. You're the driver of a machine, as on a machine. So you're thinking you're the fighter. You're thinking these are your enemies. But everything here is based on that false conception of I am this material body. But the body is just like a machine. And he explained this earlier, did he not? Mumir, Apo, Nalova, you, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, false ego. That's what your body's comprised of and all these things, they're my separated material energy. But in addition to these things, there's a higher energy of mine, a higher Shakti of mine, which are all living entities who are struggling in this material world. So he's just bringing the point home to Arjuna to let him know it's like a machine. But I'm in the heart. I'm in the heart of this machine along with you and I'm directing it. And in the commentaries of both Vishwanath Chakravarti and Baladev Vidyabhushan, they use the analogy of a puppet. The puppeteer is Krishna and he's pulling the strings how's he pulling the strings what's the agency that pulls the strings, have you seen that picture yes, goodness passion and ignorance property. the modes of material nature they're pulling our strings they're dragging us here and there so that's that's the point that, that Krishna is making here. O son of Bart, surrender unto him utterly. By his grace you will attain transcendental peace in the supreme and eternal abode. Let the puppeteer, the supreme personality, who's sitting in your heart, who's giving you direction internally. As super soul and externally as the spiritual master, our is kind of like in a unique position, isn't he? <laughs> because Krishna is in his heart, and Krishna is also personally in front of him as his spiritual master. Now Krishna manifests as our spiritual master also, but not as the supreme personality of Godhead. He's called Guru Tatva. He's the truth of Krishna's manifestation of knowledge to us. He's the transparent by media. We should not see a difference between what Arjuna's Arjuna spiritual master on the battlefield and who's directing him as guru and our guru. If we're seeing a distinction, then. That's not proper on our part. No distinction. The spiritual master is seen as good as God. nasabastrasastri. Let's read that verse. It's very important. Every morning we chant prayers to the spiritual master.
1: nasabastrasastri. eva the spiritual master is to be honored as much as the Supreme Lord because he is the most confidential servitor of the Lord. This is acknowledged in all revealed scriptures and followed by all authorities. Therefore, I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of, of such a spiritual master who is a bona fide representative of Sri Hari
0: Krishna. I don't know if. Everyone's here has heard this story, but I'll repeat it. Siddha Prabhupada, this came up in a couple of interviews, but when he'd come to a city, of course, he'd be interviewed by the media. Oh, big guru has come. Guru has come and uh, they'd want interview, to interview the guru. Of course, this was in the late 60s, early 70s, so it's a big deal. It's a news story. It's always hard to find good news. so here comes a guru let's interview him so they'd come and they'd interview and of course in seeing the way the devotees treated Bhaktivedanta Swami their spiritual master the reporters would be like in awe my gosh they're all bowing down to him like he's God they've They've rented a, a, a limousine to, to take him from the airport. Look, they're throwing flowers on him as, as if he's a king entering a you know a, a, his palace. Look, that he's come in and he's sit down, and immediately they've offered him a, a plate of, of sweets and fruits, and given him a, a water in a golden chalice. So they'd interview Prabhupada. You're, you're you know you're. you're Disciples, they're treating you the same as God. And he'd say, He said to what? He said, Well, they're doing the best they can. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can afford right now. But, yes, they are. And they should. And I am accepting this worship. But I'm not accepting it on for me I am simply accepting in order to teach them how to love Krishna. They worship me as they would would the supreme lord because I am giving them the supreme lord. Surrender unto him underly and by his grace you will attain transcendental peace and the supreme and eternal abode. So these two verses Krishna is telling Arjuna to surrender to the Supersoul, to understand that the Supreme Lord is is controlling everything. He's already told Arjuna the outcome of the battle is already determined. As the Supreme Puppeteer, I've already determined who's going to win and who's going to lose, who's going to live and who's going to die. Who's going to be the next king and who's going to be thrown out of office? I've already determined all these things. Now you can cooperate with the program or not. Doesn't matter. But you're not going to be able to give up your nature. Your nature is a kshatriya. In this body you are are in the hands of my material energy and Therefore, you will automatically be dictated to by this material energy of mind, the modes of material nature. And you're not going to be able to give up your nature. Yes, ma'am? Aren't we
1: supposed to um, like rise above
0: our material nature? What was the question? She wants to know, aren't we supposed to rise above our Isn't material nature? To
1: rise above material nature, be able to do
0: anything for Krishna? Mm-hmm. But naturally, what does someone do for Krishna? They have certain... what? Well, yes, but they also have their own particular qualities, what they're good at, which is dictated to them by what? By the body they've acquired. I may want to be, you know, I may want to be a, an, an eloquent speaker and be able to quote innumerable verses and... and, and and be like a Brahmin and be pure and, and all that. But I have my own nature. So I muddle along and do the best I can. But I, we, we work according to our nature. Of course we're supposed to ride, rise above our nature. But what does that mean? Rise above our nature in regards to what? Enjoying the fruits of our work. Rising above our nature means we work according to our nature for Krishna's pleasure. Moving along.
1: In that sense, it seems to me that one would rise above him. I mean, it's sort of like an arm. Once out.
0: you add Krishna, yeah. you're above. Right. Transcendental.
1: Right.
0: Param. Right. Yes. Thus I have explained to you still more confidential I'm sorry, thus I have explained to you knowledge. Still more confidential. Deliberate on this fully, and then do what you wish to do.
1: But there's, then there's that dynamic you were talking about earlier. Like you know, I am the one that's controlling all the time. I, I was thinking like you know, it's it's uh, since we're it's it, it, in psychological terms, you know, the, the the alter ego as opposed to to the one who's really pulling the strings, and we're getting ourselves over to you know. <laughs> yes. or Are we doing the other? Right. So we have, in other words, we have the control choice, of the strings. The
0: control of the strings will never be taken away. Can you speak? can't take Krishna's control away. What he's really saying here is what. I'm already. I'm going to determine what's going to happen on the battlefield.
1: But he's also, in a way, saying like. Do what you wish to do, but you're not going to be doing what you wish to do. You're going to be doing what I wish to
0: do. You're going to be thinking you're going to be doing what you wish to do. Okay. What he's saying here, do you want to love me or not? It's Basically the question. Do as you wish means, do you wish to, to have a relationship with me as master and you as servant, or do you want to remain as master? In this world, you are master.
1: Can get with the program or you can try to
0: fight it. Yes. You can stay under the illusion that you're master and misuse your independence or you can come under the protection of me as the supreme master and really have full independence in a loving relationship with me. Without Without that free will what is the question of love? Yes, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, can the strings be cut entirely? And if so, what would be happened? Is that can the strings be more? cut entirely? Yes. yes. Yes,
0: when the loving reciprocation has mm-hmm. gone to such a level that there is no distrust on either part,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then so yes.
1: The whole time. It controls your goodness, passion, and ignorance.
0: Once you are. Once there is no question of complete and total absorption in love there is no need to be tethered by anything is there No need to be tethered on either side No tethering involved It's pure unadulterated love And you
1: bound by love Yes
0: And we're bound by love. That's a little different than what we're bound by now. But we have the choice. We make the choice minute by minute. Who's going to bind us? Are we going to be bound by our independence? Are we going to be bound by Krishna's love? Text 64. Because you are my very dear friend, I am speaking to you my supreme instruction, the most confidential knowledge of all. Hear this from me, for it is for your benefit. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his commentary, actually on the 63rd verse, gives this, this great explanation of Bhagavad Gita, and I want to share it with you. He says that Bhagavad Gita can be considered like a golden box. And inside this box is the rarest of treasures. The base of this golden box is the first six chapters of Bhagavad Gita. Karma Yoga. How to work for the Supreme. How to work without attachment. The top of the box is the last six chapters of Bhagavad Gita. Jnana yoga. How to have knowledge. Of the supreme. And our relationship with him. And the middle six chapters of Bhagavad Gita. Are. The the heart of the box. And he explains that. On the top of the box. Which is the last six chapters. We have. 64 jewels. Embedded. And those 64 jewels are the 64 syllables. Amazing. 64 syllables of the 65th and 66th verse of the 18th chapter. They're the gems on top of the box. And what's the center of the box? What's in the center of Bhagavad Gita? What does Krishna speak about in those middle six sections? The process of? Bhakti, yes. First six chapters, Karma Yoga. Last six chapters, Jnana Yoga. Middle six chapters are considered the most confidential part of the Gita. Bhakti Yoga. And the gems on the top of this golden box are the 65th and 66th verse. And there's 64 syllables of these two verses. Since we're talking about secrets, I'll read the commentary of Sridhar Maharaj in his Bhagavad Gita. In this Gita, he doesn't do much commentary. But he explains that according to Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, in his commentary... The wisdom of self-realization is the sec in the second and third chapters of Sri Gita are the profound guhyam teachings. Guhyam means secret. In the second and third chapter, the knowledge that's given of self-realization. We're not this body, you know. I mean, the second chapter is just that's the secret of Bhagavad Gita. They're the secret teachings of Sri Krishna. The Lord's descriptions of Himself as the Supreme in the 7th and 8th chapters are more profound as such knowledge gives birth to devotion. Secret knowledge is about our spiritual self. More secret knowledge is about the knowledge about Krishna and His various opulences. Because when we hear about that, it, it begins, it gives birth to to loving the Supreme Lord. What is that psalm? no, know, know, know Him, it's to love, love, love Him. So Bhaktivinoda say that in the 7th and 8th chapters when we begin to learn about Krishna's opulences, opulences of the Supreme, then that's more secret than knowledge about our spiritual self. In chapter 9, the most profound yuguyatamam, teachings, secret teachings, begin as the Lord describes the symptoms of exclusive devotion, Kevala Bhakti. The most secret is Bhakti. Again, it's the Bhakti in the center of that golden box of Bhagavad Gita. Because his devotee, Arjuna, is very dear to him, the Lord now repeats his secret teachings for Arjuna's benefit. This time, however, he reveals his most hidden of all hidden treasures, sarva-guyatama, topmost, most most confidential secret. His most affectionate advice, Arjuna, you are most dear to me, so I will now divulge the whole truth to you. The whole truth, the topmost heart of Bhagavad Gita is revealed in text 65 and 66. This is the secret of all secrets that Krishna is talking about in the sixty fourth verse. The most confidential knowledge. And we chanted Manmana Baba Mad Bakdo, mam Namaskuru, Mamiva Yasi te Pratijani Priosime. Always think of me, become my devotee, worship me, and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. So, in this verse, Krishna is explaining the most secret things Manmana Bhava. Engage and always think of me with the mind. Bhavamad Bhakto. Worship me. We worship Krishna with our senses. And our body goes on. Mam yaji mam namaskaru. Namaskars, namaskars, obeisances. We bow down before the Lord. So with our, our mind, our senses, and our body, with our body we offer obeisances, we fall down. In this way we use everything in Krishna's service. Body, mind, and words. And Krishna goes on, and, and it's interesting. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. It's explained that these words, te satyam, this is an oath. That means there's no doubt about it. This is Krishna's oath. I promise you. I promise you. Because Why? because you're so very dear to me pratijani krishna's under oath here he's he's making an oath to arjuna you engage your mind in thinking of me engage your body in my service engage your senses in becoming aware of me and worshipping me in this way i i promise you there is no it's guaranteed it's my solemn vow, my oath. Then the, la- the rest of these gems that are on top of the chest, the golden chest of Bhagavad Gita. Treasure chest. Sarva Abandon all varieties of li- religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Wow, Wow. what's that mean? This is the topmost book on religiosity and the, the Supreme Lord Himself is saying that the conclusion of my religiosity is give up all religiosity. How do we harmonize that? What's Krishna talking of? Giving up all varieties of religion. We've talked about a religion. What do we do in religion? We follow a formula and the formula is to give us a particular result. I restrain myself from sinful activity so I don't go to hell. You know, I, I make an offering to the gods whether they be the little gods the demigods who work under Krishna's direction and who should never be disrespected or Krishna himself What's being spoken of here is a lot deeper than that, isn't it? It's deeper than that superficial religiosity which is as much about me as it is about God. Let me rephrase that. It's probably more about me than it is about God. Krishna's saying we give up that religiosity and let's take this to the next platform. Let's abandon that ritualistic arrangement. And let's go to another platform. Let's go to a relationship that's based on love. sarva dharmam Abandon those things which are done out of formality. And once there's love, the form is gone, isn't it? All the formality? We're past the dating stage. <laughs> huh? We're talking about something more here. We're talking about the 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 what? We're talking about Vraj. Wait, that word's in the verse. Vraja. Vraja. What's Vraja? Where's Vraja? Anybody remember? Yes. It's where Krishna, what? He has the most intimate, loving affairs with whom? Who are unmotivated, uninterrupted, pure love. No religiosity, just pure love. Sridhar Swami speaks to this and he explains it so that we can understand it in terms of Sanskrit. Sanskrit's a very amazing language. Now of course we can see here in this what's Vraj translated as? Go. Go. Mm. Sridhar Swami explains there is a literary ornament in Sanskrit called Dwani. Dwani. Echo. That's how it's translated. Echo by which a word echoes, suggests an additional meaning. Here, such a hint is given. Mam ekam saranam vraja. You may go to vraj. And there you will find the most hidden of all hidden truths. Sarva guyatamam. Sarva guyatamam. The deepest secret of the inner loving heart has been fully revealed there. I am beyond all conceptions of religion, society, friends, everything. My position is above everything and in the heart of the heart of everything. In the eternal land of Raj, you will experience the whole conception of beauty. Dismiss all other engagements and prospects and come to me alone. Your inner hankering will be fulfilled beyond your expectations. You will find such dignity in me that you will be beyond reaction and repentance. This is the deepest meaning of the highest glory. Dwani, an echo. Wow. Talk about Krishna giving the most secret of all secrets and then giving an echo as to his eternal abode where he exchanges the topmost loving exchanges with his pure unalloyed devotees, Vraja. I'm going to conclude by, by explaining what's understood by this verse. Because Krishna said to give up all religiosity and just surrender unto me. So one who is trying to, aspiring to advance in devotion would want to know what constitutes that surrender, wouldn't he? We're going to give you the definition of that surrender as per per the quintessential emblem of devotional service. Radha and Krishna combined as Lord Chaitanya came to deliver the quintessential practice of pure devotional service. And in his teachings, Lord Chaitanya's teaching to Sanatana Goswami, he explains what the surrender is that Krishna is talking about. The verse is from the Madhya 22nd chapter, it's the 100th verse. And I'll just read... The translation, the six divisions of surrender are the acceptance of those things favorable to devotional service, the rejection of unfavorable things, the conviction that Krishna will give protection, the acceptance of the Lord as one's guardian and master, and full self-surrender and circling back around to where we started this evening humility so the six items of surrender accepting everything that's favorable to our devotional practice rejecting everything that's not favorable firm conviction that Krishna will give us protection that he is our dear most friend that's that's an item of surrender we have to realize that Krishna is looking out for our best interest. Even when he chastises us, his chastisement of his devotees is a lot different than his chastisement of those that are not his devotees. His internal potency chastises his devotees. His external energy chastises those that are, want to ignore him. four, The devotee should accept Krishna as his supreme maintainer and master. In other words, in all regards, we realize that everything's coming to us by Krishna. Through his agency, either directly or indirectly, he's providing everything for us. That's the fourth. The fifth is self-surrender means remembering that one's activities and desires are not independent. Isn't that what he was telling Arjuna? Mm -hmm. It's not independent. You may think it's independent. It's not. When you accept it's not, that's one of the items of surrender. And the sixth item, the devotee must be meek and humble. Srila Rupa Goswami, of these six items of surrender, Srila Rupa Goswami tells us that the, the key is... That Krishna is our master. Our supreme master and maintainer. Krishna's master. If he's master, what am I? I'm servant. What's the key to understanding the the inner heart of who is master and who is servant? I'll give you that from one of Prabhupada's purports from the sixth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Prabhupada's talking about the fact that Lord Chaitanya being God, he could have spread this Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. He didn't need any help. Did he? If he's God, does he really need, does God need our help? Prabhupada writes, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was quite confident enough to spread his name and mission all over the world, but still he depended upon his devotee to do this work. He depended upon his devotee to do this work. Considering all these points, the most important aspect of the Supreme Lord's self-sufficiency is that he depends on his devotee. This is called his causeless mercy. This is called his causeless mercy. The Lord's causeless mercy is that he depends on his devotee, his devotee's service. The devotee who it, who has perceived the causeless mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead. What's that mean? Perceived. That means the devotee who surrendered to be the puppet in Krishna's hands by realization what's a realization I couldn't do this by myself how's this happening can understand the master and the servant and the reciprocation of love between them any questions can you talk a little
1: bit you were saying of the devotee and you're a chastisement of the non-devotee essentially being subject to the laws of material nature right mm-hmm. so with a devotee how does that work I mean what what would be an example of a chastisement
0: I don't know maybe he'd wreck your car when you were <laughs> thinking that the car was your prized possession <laughs> to teach you a lesson to not be attached. It's not the same. Krishna is teaching his devotee by the activities in this material world, and somebody else may wreck his car just because he wrecked into somebody else's car in his last life. Because the laws of karma are off. Once we come to Krishna's service, Whatever the sinful activity may still be there for millions of lifetimes, if we chant sincerely, that's that's easily dispensed with. Easily dispensed with. There's no real concern for a devotee about what's there for past activities. Krishna guarantees if he, if someone comes to sincerely to him and falls at his feet and say, Krishna, from this day forward, I am yours. Krishna, immediately. Say, tell Arjuna. sarva Dharma paritya I will deliver you from all sinful activities. Krishna can do many things to his devotees. We've seen that in the lives of our contemporaries and we read about it uh, extensively in Srimad Bhagavatam. So I have a question and a
1: comment which you prefer first. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's have your good comment and maybe the question can...
1: Okay. So the... uh, uh, You know, in in the light of this what we were talking about Krishna the, this this verse uh, where Krishna says abandon all varieties of religions and just surrender to me and the previous one, you know, just love me and you know. We can we can see that through whole Bhagavad Gita Krishna was encouraging Arjuna to to fight in different ways. You know, he, he told him, Well, this is your duty, this is your nature, but you know love, you know, do it because of love. So we can see that it's the same activity about engaging Arjuna in the fight but so many different reasons why he can do that or so many different motivations which he can have to, to be engaged but uh, and you know similarly in our life we can, we can do different activities with so many different motivations but what is the most appreciated by Krishna is if we are doing this because of love
0: and uh, you know, right so yes Krishna can use, depending, and that's why we have different re- religions in the world. Is based upon our level of surrender, Krishna has to take that and, and work with what he's got. So therefore he, you know, he uses different techniques uh, to push push us along. Different teaching tools. But ultimately he wants the tools set aside and the... Love to dominate.
1: So uh, the question, if I can ask, uh, you are you know it was very nice analogy with the box and the jewels on the top. uh, But uh, this sixty fifth verse is practically the same, practically identically the same like the last verse of the ninth chapter. Mm -hmm. So is there? Yeah.
0: What's what? Where is the ninth chapter? That is in the, in the, right in the very heart of Bhagavad Gita.
1: Yeah, so I was wondering if the, if the you know, Acharyas, the, they made some comment about it also. How they, you know, it just, Krishna practically repeats himself.
0: Yeah, that's made there. That's there. Yes. Both both Vishwanath and Baladev Vidyabhushak. And of course Prabhupada.
1: Do they give more significance to it or just
0: uh, I'm sure they gave great significance to it. I just had a certain place where I was going with the class tonight, so I concentrated on those points. Next year we'll go when we do it the next time <laughs> We'll have a different focus. Thank you so very much. Adi- Thank
1: you.